Bring it in. Read Option Podcast. Back getting you ready for week nine in the NFL. And we're going to sprinkle in a couple of college picks here at the end, too. We got some good college matchups as we only have, what, a month left of college football, really? Which hey, four games. Hey, yeah, I know. Settle. It's crazy. Enjoy it. I was, then we'll, I was then we have Army, Navy, and then we have the bowl games. Then we got every you we know, got we conference got championships. Going. We got yeah. conference championships and then the playoffs. We got plenty of football left on the college side. Um, and the the University of Michigan saga has is getting fucking crazier by the minute. Um, the college football playoff rankings have come out. Um, but we do not recognize them on this pod, just like they don't recognize James Madison as a, as a team. We don't recognize the college football playoff rankings. So agreed. Um, yeah, yeah, we're an AP 11. poll podcast. That's right. Uh, until next year when JMU will be uh, postseason eligible, and then we'll switch back to the college football playoff. Uh, but as you can hear, we got the whole crew together, Scotty and Vito. Um, and boys, you guys know this because you're looking at me on Zoom, but what's there's something a little different about me today. Um, I don't know if our, our, all of our listeners know, um, I, I may or may not look like a child right now. And I yeah. know it's not because of a Halloween costume. Oh, it actually is. because it, of No, it is. But, yeah. It's, but it's not because I'm dressed. It's not because I'm dressed up in a Halloween costume. It's because for the first time in over a decade, I shaved my beard and what a shitty tan line, by the way, it's not too bad. I, if I, if I'd gone like full like Bic razor on it I think the tan line would be more noticeable and I already already got the five o'clock shadow back yeah it's, um, already, it's already rolling in so, yeah you're good. yeah you know I don't know we, we were picking out our Halloween costumes my girlfriend and I went as Kronk and Yzma from Emperor's New Groove which fantastic movie one of my all-time favorite Disney movies um and Kronk has long hair and no beard and I was like you know what I haven't shaved my face in so long it's been a decade I was like it's time. Let's see what it looks like. And immediately regretted that decision. Uh, yeah. Just like an anchorman, I immediately regret this decision. Um, what's interesting, though, is what I shaved everything in parts. So, like, I started with, like, the sideburns and it kind of came down. Had And I also grew my beard out. So, I had a really big beard. And then I had a goatee, which the goatee with the fat beard was awesome. Looked, I thought it looked awesome. My girlfriend did not. Uh, shaved it down to the, the Captain Jack Sparrow with just a little bit on the chin and the mustache. That's the spirit. But then as I trimmed it down to just the mustache, you know who I looked just like? And I'll see if I can send the picture to you guys. I looked just like Cam Smith, the golfer. Because he's, he's got the mullet that. and he's got yeah. like the kind of blonde brownish mustache, yeah. which I had. It was like, you know, I get I get Bradley Cooper all the time. Um, it was a oh, steep drop off. The humble second. brag. <laughs> at this point, man. At this point, man. Like I just have to own it. Like I don't even know what I can say. Every time I say it, if I acknowledge it, I sound like a douchebag. If I say no, I've never heard that before. People know I'm lying. So I get fuckface all the time. So better that than. Well, it's better than the guy I went to college with when we were at a party one time, and a girl came up to us and was like, "Oh my god, does everyone told you look like Bradley Cooper?" I was like, "Yeah," and then said to the guy who's up and goes. Has anyone ever told you you look like Jonah Hill? And this was not prime skinny Jonah Hill. <laughs> it was it was rough. It was a rough back and forth for, for, Super my, bad for my boy Hill. there. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was it was like get it not quite get him to the Greek Jonah Hill, but it was like kind of in, in between there. Goodness. Um, That's yeah, savage. So, 
<laughs> yeah, it was rough. It was rough. And she's like, well, you know, he's really funny and cute. And my the guy was just devastated. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my face is cold. I picked the wrong time to do this this time of year. Yeah, but you know what? Dude. We're going to roll through within a week. It'll be back and then everything will be normal. But I thought for our listeners. And better than ever. <laughs> yeah, back and better than ever. See, this is perfect, too, because, you know, it's an audio platform podcasts so now people are trying to just picture in their head what i look like without a beard and that um, you remember that toy with the magnets where you could like pull the the black stuff the beard down and make his beard when you put it all away and put it on top of his head that's what you look like Mm -hmm. red nose and all yeah exactly exactly um but with that being said we got a good lineup of football tough transition there i'm just gonna plow right through we're just gonna keep rolling here on the pod um yeah we got a great week of football ahead of us College football playoff rankings are out. College football is coming down to the wire. Some big games there. uh, And a really fun week of games in the NFL. Um, Across the board, it's like one in each time slot starting at 9 a.m. Going all the way to Sunday Night Football. We have awesome games across the board. And even Monday night's kind of a frisky, fun game. Um, Be curious to see what happens in that Chargers-Jets game on Monday night. Uh, But outside of like the really top games, it's a whole lot of nothing in between. So it's one of those days where... We're all going to have red zone on, but, you know, pull up that laptop, that second screen to, to lock in on one game um, because you're going to have Dolphins Chiefs. Uh, you have in the early round, we have Seahawks Ravens, which would be a really fun game. Of course, you have Eagles Cowboys in the 425 zone. And then Sunday Night Football Bills at Bengals uh, is going to be a really, really fun game. So across the board, it's going to be fun. Uh, we updated everyone on our picks. We're still all over 500 on the season for overall, which is pretty damn good. Um, we just need to start. We need we need a bounce back week, I feel like. We just got to keep this thing rolling, a big week for the boys. Uh, and some lines here that I feel really good about. I feel really good about some of these games. Uh, so let's dive into it. We got can only mean one thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to get absolutely host. Absolutely host. Um, but, hey, Scotty, we're trying to keep the vibes positive right now, okay? Positive vibes only. This isn't Scott on the golf course. Okay. This is, this is, this is positive vibes here. Positive vibes. That's right. Uh, we'll start off here. There's a Thursday night game tonight. By the time you're listening to this, you already know the score. We have Titans at Steelers. The Steelers are three point favorites right now at home for Thursday night. We're going to see the second game of Will Levis. Ultimately, I think this game comes down to was Will Levis a flash in the pan? Or is he legit? Is he going to put together some games here? Are we going to see a a similar type arc to what we've seen from CJ Stroud, where it's a competitive quarterback willing to sling it around? Um, I think it's his game on, on Sunday was the best game uh, that a rookie quarterbacks had so far this season. So what do you guys think? Can Will Levis do it two weeks in a row, or is it going to be a fall from grace here for the rookie as he takes on a very, very good Steelers team in Pittsburgh? Not a fall from grace. Just like, I think, you know, that's much easier to do at home. And they're going into a hostile environment in Pittsburgh tonight in prime time. Um, they're going to get Cam Hayward back on on defense, uh, are the Steelers. Um, we know how good their defense is, has been without him. Uh, did you know Canada? Matt Canada's coming out of the booth. He's going to be on the sidelines. Ooh. Um, Wow. For this one too, so interesting. Um, oh. But I think the I think this this ends up low scoring. The over under still something like thirty six and a half. Um, I think it, the the Titans would be smart to get um, would be smart to get uh, uh, Will Levis slinging the ball early. They they are one of the best teams 
um, in the first two quarters um, in the NFL and scoring and, uh, you know, get them settled in, let them sling the ball early, see what you got. Um, and the Steelers allowed two touchdowns per game in the first half. That's ranks 27th in the league. So um, I expect the Titans to come out hot. And if they do, if they do, Derrick Henry gets four carry four yards per carry a game or uh, in, in the first few drives, um, that's, that's going to be tough to stop. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot more difficult on Will Levis doing it on the road uh, in Pittsburgh this weekend. So I think it's going to be a different game. Um, I think they're leaning on Derrick Henry a little more. Obviously, Will Levis helped open that all up last week. Um, I think that's going to continue. Really like what they're going up against in terms of matchup. Uh, I believe, if I'm correct here, yeah, Fitzpatrick's still out with his leg. So, like, we're going to see um, the secondary there. It seemed like Will Levis loved Hopkins and really fed him the ball a lot, which what a what a great – guy to have as your a, a rookie quarterback getting your first, like, um, you know, I guess second start here, but it's on a short week. You're really going to have to just depend on what you're already rolling with. And uh, I like Hopkins, like what they did with Derrick Henry. I really like the Titans here. And uh, I actually think that, yeah, it's tough defense. We might see a Will Levis rushing touchdown. We might see a different style here, but I do think that he's the right guy to command this whole offense. And uh, I, I'm taking the Titans. All right. So Vito's on the Titans. I, I just don't see back-to-back weeks at home for Pittsburgh. So, I mean, I've been really impressed with what we've seen out of Will Levis, right? But it's one game. And I, Minka Fitzpatrick's obviously one of the probably top two or three safeties we have in football. That defensive line is really, really good for Pittsburgh. Well, he's out. I know. That's what I'm saying. I, was like, oh, I, yeah. I, I know he's not playing, and that's a big loss for them. But you're still going up against a rookie quarterback. And yeah. more importantly, the defensive line for Pittsburgh is really good, and the offensive line for Tennessee is not. Um, I think Pittsburgh and what we've seen over the course of Mike Tomlin and his career is one of those teams. Is, is one of the, It's funny here because it's like Mike Tomlin stats and Mike Vrabel stats are stats that we love to throw at people, right? Like we're always like, oh, you know, pl- Titans plus three, got to take them, right? And you're like, oh, Pittsburgh coming off of a loss, you got to take them. It's They're very similar in how they play. Um, I don't trust Matt Canada as far as I can throw him, but I do trust the weapons on Pittsburgh's team, particularly Jalen Warren, I think is really good. Titans defense as a whole, losing Kevin Byard. I don't think last week was a particular challenge for that defense. I think this week they'll be at least more, more competitive than what we saw the Titans have to go up against last week. I like Pittsburgh here. I think the defensive line is going to get after Will Levis. I think this is going to be a little bit of like a short week You've started one game. You get four days to prepare, three days really, to prepare for a really, really good Pittsburgh defense, even without Micah Parson, uh, Micah Fitzpatrick and Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, and TJ Watt has been a game wrecker, as he always is, but he's also been a little bit quiet the last couple of weeks. I think we have a big game out of him. I think the Steelers force multiple turnovers. I can see a world where the Titans cover and it's a last-second field goal and like a 17-16 to 16 gross football game but I still like the Steelers minus three. I'm taking Pittsburgh. So I'm on Pittsburgh. Vito's on Tennessee and Scotty, you are on Pittsburgh as well. I am. Yeah. I think they're going to win that. And the key you said it there is the turnover margin. Steelers can get after the ball. Tennessee's defense cannot. They're 20th, uh, 16th against the run, 20th against the pass uh, are the uh, Titans on defense. Um, so I'm going to take the Steelers too. All right. Everyone's on the Steelers. All right. Uh, this, and then, Again, you guys will know the score here uh, by the time you're listening to this now. But Sunday, remember to wake up early. This is probably the first like overseas, at least Europe game 
that is really worth its salt to wake up and 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 watch. Right? There's been some the good Toy ones. Story game. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? The Toy Story game that wasn't well, okay. worth waking up and watching. But, but if we're talking about the actual <laughs> football and not you know watching Jacksville's. Jack, Jack, and Jack's Bills was a good game. I still don't think it's as good as this game. I think this is one of the best matchups we've ever seen in terms of a cross the pond type of setup here. Um, I'm really excited to watch this game. I will be up early on Sunday watching this game. Uh, Kansas City, Miami. Kansas City's been struggling a little bit here, okay? And obviously you lose to Denver last week. You expect them to have, all right, we're going to bounce back. We have a big week here. Kansas City is the late team this this week in terms of getting across the pond. They didn't leave until today. All right, so they're only going to have one practice Dumb. on Friday. We've seen so far, I think it's 3-0 and for the team that got over there first. Um, and Jacksonville was already over there when they beat Buffalo. So by default, they were over there first. Yeah, Miami, Miami left on Monday. So Miami's been there all week. Um I think, I don't know, like last week we saw them play a solid Patriots defense. It's been a couple weeks since they lost to Philly. I think Miami's a really, really good team. This is a game that like Miami has to win for people in, in order for people to take them seriously as like Super Bowl contenders. Kansas City's defense has been awesome this year, but we saw Javante Williams was able to run the ball against them last week in Denver. Russell Wilson, he only had, what, 100 and something passing yards, but did have three touchdowns. We're seeing some weaknesses, and ultimately the biggest weakness that we've seen out of Kansas City is they have no one to catch the ball at the wide receiver position. All right. McCall Hardman could easily and Rasheed Rice could easily come out here and have big games and score a couple touchdowns and they could beat Miami. That wouldn't surprise me at all. But Bill Simmons said this on, on his Sunday pod, and I thought it was a good point. Watching that Denver game, and Vito, this probably excludes you because it was your team playing, but Scotty, right? Like we've become so accustomed to watching Pat Mahomes and Kansas City over the last couple of years. They're losing in a game. It's an ugly game, but you have that undeniable thought. It doesn't matter. They're going to go down and score, and they're going to find a way to win this game. Yeah, I remember one in February. So do I. I didn't feel that watching that Denver game. No, no. And that's the I'm first time. It's the first time since Mahomes was starting for a full season. It's not his rookie or his second year. That says a lot. And I think what we're going to see is Vic Fangio is going to bracket coverage, uh, bracket cover uh, Travis Kelsey, take him out and say, if you're going to beat us, Pat Mahomes, you're going to do it by beating us through the air beating us through your wide receivers, trying to run the ball with Pacheco. I don't know if that's a recipe for success against this dynamic offense in Miami. I really like Miami this week. Yeah, me too. Uh, I Look, you, you said it there. The, the Chiefs got there late. That I, I have said every week that we've had a, an international game on the podcast that that team does better. Um, and it there's there's proven that like your your quality of sleep is better. Mahomes has been sick. He was sick in the middle of that game and he's been sick all week. And now he's got to like try to rest up and practice in the same week and get on a flight and get adjusted to play a game early on Sunday morning. I mean, and that's a longer flight for them than it is for Miami. So um, it's going to make a difference, I think. Beyond that, the Chiefs can't score points in five. The la- they've scored twenty three points or less in five of eight games. In 2023, they only did that four times in all of 2022, including the playoffs. So um, that alone leans me to the Dolphins. 
uh, at one and a half. But then on the other side, you're by doing that, you're saying you're betting against Mahomes for four straight weeks to not come out and 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 be able to put together something to win the game, at least to drive when you're favored by one and a half. I'm not so sure about that, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to take the Dolphins with you, Jeff. Ooh. Oh, you guys are both on Dolphins. So this one's hard for me. We obviously knew that Mahomes was sick last week. So like, obviously he was off. Um, I do think that uh, the underlying storyline for me in this game is that is the Tyreek Hill revenge game going up against the chiefs. Um, he said in a recent interview that like, uh, I believe it was, uh, he realized, I guess, Andy Reed and Mahomes stopped talking about his contract and wouldn't return his calls or something. And that's when he knew he was going to leave. And he was talking about, it was pretty painful to get traded. And, um, he's obviously killing it now, uh, continuing to kill it. It's not like he didn't back then, but I, I don't know. This one's tough for me. I do think the chiefs will rebound. Uh, but they just didn't look good. And and I know what we have in Denver and the struggles we've had this year. And they made us look really good last week. Um, they usually do bounce back. They're a pretty great team. Man, I'm going to – I wish I could take the over instead of picking either one. But I guess if I'm going to go with one, uh, let me take the Chiefs in a rebound game. Because the Dolphins against teams – teams with their six wins, their combined record's like 11 and 27. And <clears throat> they're – their two win or two losses are against teams with winning records. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and take the chiefs. In any other context context, I would agree. Like in any other context, I'd be like, yeah, of course, like Kansas city after a loss, they're going to come back, especially one as bad as that loss at Denver. And they're going to look great. I just, I feel like this game is more about Miami than it is about Kansas city. Because I still feel so confident that, like, no matter what happens at the end of the season, like, Kansas City's still going to be there. They're still going to be one of the best teams. Because it is Mahomes. Like, they're going to figure it out. But so far in the season, Mahomes has 15 touchdowns to eight interceptions. And yet his QBR is still second in the league. And what's crazy is his advanced numbers this year are better than they've ever been. His on-target throw percentage is the highest it's ever been through eight games in an NFL yeah. season. And what's his, his receiver drop rate? <laughs> highest that it's ever been. His yeah. his, his low completion, per, or, uh, his bad throw percentage is uh, the best that it's ever been, right? it's it, He is doing as much as he can with the people around him. I still don't think it's going to be enough. I think there is a disconnect right now for this Kansas City team. I think ultimately Miami needs this game to prove to not only to like us or the media, they don't give a shit about that, but to themselves that like, hey, we can beat one of the top teams, right? They got smoked by Buffalo. They got smoked by Philly. There's no way they're going to let themselves get smoked here. I think the Fangio has a great plan in place. I like Miami here plus the one and a half. Uh, so Vito, you're on Kansas City. Scotty and I agreeing. Scotty, so far this could be a big flip right now. Scotty yeah. and I uh, locked in through two picks. Uh, all right, the Sunday one o'clock games, East Coast time. We have the Minnesota Vikings going to Atlanta. Uh, we have a rookie quarterback. Uh, what's it, J- Jalen Hall? Is that his name? The quarterback for Minnesota. Um. I, to be honest, I don't. I didn't even recognize the name from college. So that that's kind of where we. BYU, yeah, yeah. That's where we're looking at right now in terms of uh, where the Minnesota Vikings are at. Still no Jordan Jeff. All right, Jordan Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. Um, you have Jordan Addison there. 
but a rookie quarterback going Ooh. up against a, a good go ahead, Vita. They they upgraded Taylor Heineke to start against mm-hmm. Minnesota. Atlanta did. Yeah. Yes. And I, I think that still has to do with the injury to Desmond Ritter. Um, yes. I don't think they're fully taking him over yet, but we are going to see Taylor Heineke in this game. Didn't realize that was the other side. Yeah. Wow. To me, like Taylor Heineke, first game of the year, this is what he does, man. This is why he is like, in my opinion, him and Minshew, the best backup quarterbacks in football, because every single year when Taylor Heineke had to step in and play a game, that first game, he lights him up for like four touchdowns. So my first lock of the week, is Atlanta minus four at Ooh. home. This Minnesota team, they just lost. This could be a go win one for the Gipper here, right? This could be one of those. Um, go do it for Kirk Cousins. This quarterback's going to be a, a, a made. Yeah, Jaron Hall. Sorry, not Jalen Hall. Jaron yeah. <laughs> Hall out of BYU. Um, fifth round pick, end of the fifth round pick. I think Minnesota is going to have a tough time in this game moving to football. The running game has been abysmal all season, so you're really going to be ha- having to heavily rely on this kid to throw the football, or you're going to have to completely switch up what you've been doing and try to run the football against one of the best run defenses in the NFL. I love Atlanta this week. I think Atlanta's defense, after what happened last week, is going to show up big time. You have the Taylor Heineke game. I love Atlanta big time. First lock of the week. Yeah, I, I'm – I'm there with you, man. Um, I'm not going to make it a lock just because I don't know what we're going to get out of a rookie quarterback, uh, what Kevin O'Connell is going to put in place on offense because he's uh, a, a pretty brilliant mind when it comes to that. Um, the Vikings seem to to be able to find figure out how to run the ball against the Niners, who at the time were the second-best rush defense in the entire NFL um, when they played them. So if they our offensive line can put it together, although they just lost um, one of their best offensive linemen, Ezra uh, – oh, what the hell is his name – uh, who got traded to uh, to Jacksonville? Um, I I just don't see it. Like the Vikings are 28th in yards per carry in, in the NFL. Falcons defense is ninth best in the NFL against the run in their first and uh, rushy uh, defensive rush EPA. I'm going to take the Falcons too because they're going to force them into submission. I'm on the Falcons as well. Uh, I think I think that defense is great. Very like somehow still underrated. Obviously they played well in their division. Um, but like for that division, they're up there. Every team is up there, but they're keeping in it. And I think that defense is going to keep them in this game. And Heineke is enough to make a couple plays. He really is, man. Like that's a really good backup quarterback. And I think this is a great example of why you have a good backup quarterback is for games like this. And the like um, season 17 games. Now they're going to play two to three games in a year, a lot of them. And uh, you know, that can be the difference between making a wild card and, and being out in the playoffs. So uh, credit to the Falcons for having Heineke as a backup, and I think he wins. And I'm, I'm debating making it a lock there, Jeff. We'll, we'll revisit that if I need to, but I don't think so. All right, close, it's though. a, it's a, it's a close potential lock. It's a potential yes, lock. We'll me. see. Yeah. It's a tough board this week. There's some spreads that are that are a little funky, but we're all in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I just I think the Falcons are a good football team. I really do. Uh, they're also three and one at home on the season this year. Um, and the thing about Heineke is Heineke is going to get Kyle Pitts and he's going to get Drake London the ball. Like he's going to utilize those weapons. Feels like they're going to have a fully healthy Bijan Robinson this week, which they haven't had a lot of in the last two weeks. Um, yeah, I'm all over Atlanta. We're all taking the Falcons. Uh, one of those tricky lines that we were talking about here comes in our next game. The Arizona Cardinals going to Cleveland. 
The Cleveland Browns are eight-point favorites in this game. Check out this over-under, 37-and-a-half. The same over-under that we have for the the Vikings and Falcons. Um, This is going to be yet another debut for a rookie quarterback. Clayton Toon is going to be the starter there for Arizona. Um, How many rookie quarterbacks does that make on the season right now? Because what is it? It's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, uh, Levis, Anthony Richardson – We'll have Jaron uh, Jaron Hall, and we'll have Clayton Toon. So this will be the sixth rookie quarterback to start wow. through nine weeks of the NFL season, which is a a, a very high number. Um, but yeah, this this is an interesting one. Aiden because, O'Connell this week oh, too. Oh, and, so and Aiden O'Connell. Wow, yeah, dude. he's he started a, a few weeks ago too. You're right. So that's seven. Mm-hmm. Good pull. Good pull, Scotty. Oh, and Tyson Bajan. Yeah, yeah. For Chicago, that's eight. How is there is anyone else? Week, is there anyone else we're missing? Eight and eight weeks. Is there anyone else who's st- – uh, no, I'm going up and down. I can't – yeah, I don't see any. Tommy DeVito played, but he hasn't started yet. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I think, yeah, that brings us up to eight. We have eight rookie quarterbacks that, that will have started through the first nine weeks of the NFL season, uh, which has to be a, a record or – I don't know. I can't it ever – rem- It has I mean, that's, to be. that's nuts. That um, never – people were drafted in the first round and never played a game in their first season 20 years ago. Like, this is – yeah. This is definitely Rogers. Definitely <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so eight rookie quarterbacks, Clayton Toon, not really sure what to see, but look, I mean, Clayton Toon got beat out by Josh Dobbs and Josh Dobbs had a week of practice before the start of the regular season played in no preseason games and actually played pretty well. Um, Josh Dobbs did get sent to the Minnesota Vikings, but he is not expected to play in this game unless absolutely called upon. Um, I just have a hard time seeing Clayton Toon coming out and slinging the ball around against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Albeit the Browns have not looked like that defense that they did in the first, you know, couple of weeks. But look, they gave up 24 points to a really good offense last week, and obviously the 38 point game against uh, against Indianapolis two weeks ago. But I just have a hard time believing that they're going to give up that many points to a rookie quarterback. But at the same time, Deshaun Watson still hasn't practiced this week and still is uncertain whether or not he's going to play Vito. I'd love to know if you've heard anything boots on the ground there, but it seems like this is starting to turn into a mental thing with Deshaun Watson. At least that's what, you know, the media narrative is. So I don't know if there's any truth to that, but it does seem like I've heard buzz about like, is this, are we ever going to see Deshaun Watson playing in a, in a Browns uniform again, kind of stuff here. I'd be surprised. I think that's a little dramatic, but yeah, it seems like part of this injury is starting to leak into some of the mental side. Have, has there, what's the buzz in Cleveland right now amongst Browns fans? So it is, it does seem like it's still an injury issue. A lot of them are expecting PJ Walker to play, but to your point, there's a lot of talk about Deshaun and like, um, I can sympathize as a Broncos fan. I think we've obviously gotten a better deal with Russell than they have out of Deshaun. I would, <laughs> you know, like, Which is and, saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. And and the fact that they're two, the two most guaranteed or at the time they were, I, I haven't kept up on it, but you know, he has the most guaranteed money until I think, I don't know if, if Lamar passed him, but he's top three, definitely in the NFL still. Um, he needs to be available. He needs to get on the field. I think that's what people are the most pissed about. Like he had a couple flashes and he looked like bad, but there was a nagging injury. So it's just like, either you can get healthy play and help the team or you can't. Yeah. You know, the people here are very much matter of fact, it's a blue collar town, like, you know, a lot of, um, around the great lakes area and everything. But I, I personally believe that PJ Walker to your point is uh, a little bit better at quarterback than the option 
that the Arizona Cardinals have. I mean, they had a quarterback, to your point, come in, take all the snaps, everything like that since right before the season started um, and kind of take away, uh, you know, any opportunity that they had. And now they're, they're going back to the guy. It's just, it seems weird. You got miles Garrett, dude. Like I couldn't imagine as a rookie, your first start go is going up against miles Garrett and the line hasn't been good at all for Arizona with a rookie left tackle too, Paris Johnson, the kid out of Ohio state. Going up against Miles Garrett, who's, yeah. who's been solid, but it's Miles Garrett. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's been really good. He seems like he's going to be a franchise left tackle for them, which which is a great pickup. But yeah, Miles Garrett's going to eat anyone. It doesn't matter yeah, who we up against. Humphreys, like like yeah, it, there's a couple. Hey, guys Trent there. Williams for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, so I I I think the Browns are going to get this. It's a huge spread to your points. Eight eight points. That's the crazy part. I'm going to go ahead and, and take the Browns to cover. Um, I think they're going to get it. I think Arizona's just in a, in a, just a bad spot right now. You ship off your starting quarterback. Like you're, you're just in a whole different place. I can't remember the last time that happened in, in season. I don't know. It probably has more recently than I think, but like, I I'm struggling to even think of one. Yeah, no, it's, it's been bad. It's been, honestly, it's been bad for both of these teams. And what sucks if you're a Cleveland fan is like, you're like, Hey, we are, you know, in the seven seed, if the playoffs started today, they're in the playoffs, right? But you'd also be starting with PJ Walker. And it's because of that that there's a pretty strong part of me that wants to hold my nose and take the Cardinals in this game. Yeah. Um, mainly because the Cardinals defense has played really, really well against bad quarterbacks this season. Um, and they've also played well against pretty solid quarterbacks, guys like Dak Prescott. So I I still feel like, and we talked about this on, on Tuesday or Wednesday show, you know, the, the amount of money that people have or Vegas has made, I guess is probably the better way of putting it on people betting on the, the Cardinals after they beat the Cowboys is crazy. So it's like, don't fall into the trap of the Cardinals. Right. But their defense is not terrible. PJ Walker has had multiple turnovers in every single game he started this year and has played in. I just feel like this is going to be a really low scoring, ugly, weird game. And if there's a way, you know, that you can kind of attack this Browns team, it's on the ground. And James Conner has been solid this season. And he's not playing. Is he still out? I thought yeah, he came. I thought he came back this week. Oh, they thought he was going to, and they yeah, they put him. I think a couple just, weeks ago. Am I ri- like I just can't wrap my head around taking a PJ Walker led football team at minus eight. You can if you're playing a defense who's abysmal against the run and you have Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong and just go run the ball. You don't have to ask P.J. Walker to do a whole lot. Look how many yeah. freaking games Gus Edwards had on, on like 19 carries last week against uh, against the Cardinals. It's not a, a, a complicated formula. Uh, you don't need P.J. Walker to do a whole lot. Ground and pound, let your defense go win the ball game. This is a lot for me. Browns plus – I would take it a plus 10, honestly. Minus 10, you mean? Yeah, minus 10. I'm sorry. I'm All right. Sky two on the lock factor. Ooh. I got two locks out of you. Um, all right. You guys convince me. I'm going to take Cleveland. Um, hey. If Arizona, if this turns into, what was it a couple of weeks ago? There was a back, I, there was a cover that PFF, I. PFF thinks that it's going to go Arizona for the spread. So it, you, it, to your point. You know, fuck it. No, I'm taking the Cardinals. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with my gut here. Yeah. I hate the pick either way. Doesn't matter right. whichever way I pick here, since we're forced to pick at all the games, I, I'm taking the Cardinals. You know, I fuck it. 
All right. <sighs> Got to root for Jonathan Gannon. I hate that. Um, all right. Next up, Rams, Packers. This is a – would you call it a loser leaves town game? I mean, I feel like the Packers are kind of already done, but yeah. you never know, right? They could you – know, something could click with Jordan Love. The Rams still day-to-day with Matthew Stafford. It looks like they're hopeful he's going to play, but if he does, it's a little banged up. Um, Green Bay's a three-point favorite here, which is crazy because they've been really bad. But they do get Aaron Jones back. Uh, the offensive line, the defensive pieces are coming back. They signed Rashawn Gary to a long-term contract this week. I don't want to take Green Bay. I really don't. I don't even want to talk about this game much. I just, right. oh man, there's so how many uh, how many over unders right now are under forty? More than I can ever remember. I think I've seen about six so far. <laughs> you got tonight is thirty-six and a half. Atlanta, the Atlanta game, the Browns game. This game, uh, 40 and a half is Commander's Pats. Then you have Bucks Texans is under 40. Giants Raiders is under 40. Ugh. And then Chargers Jets is at 40 and a half. Um, I'm going to take the Rams here. I know they. I know that it's looked bad. And if Matthew Stafford doesn't play, then it's going to look really dumb. But I just think this Packers team stinks. I really do. Uh, they look so frisky those first two weeks of the season. It's been all downhill from there. If there is a game for Jordan Love to kind of snap out of it, it's here. But they're the youngest team in football. They have the smallest payroll in football. They're relying on Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, who, despite having solid rookie seasons, are still unproven guys. Their tight end, Luke Musgraves, is a rookie. Um, I think that offensive line is really bad, and you're gonna have Aaron Donald going up against them. I'm gonna take the Rams here plus three and a half. Just give me the points, and I'll plug my nose. Yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, there's several candidates, but I think this is the one on red zone where they just don't show the game uh, on Sunday. I, I think, I think the only solace I can I can have for the Rams is if Matthew Stafford is out, even if he's in. I think the sell is that the the run game is going to be good. It's been good all year, whether it's uh, Kyron Williams, whether it's Daryl Henderson Jr. Um, and just how bad Green Bay is at passing the football on offense for them. Um, plus, on defense for Green Bay, they lost Rasul Douglas, um, which they still have Jair Alexander, but losing a guy like Rasul Douglas, um, as well as he's played for the Packers, is not going to be good when you have to guard both Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Um, and Tyler Higby, who's been playing well lately. Um, so I, I'm not sold at all that that the defense will be uh, any near match for uh, for the Rams offense, uh, however banged up uh, Matthew Stafford is. And I think the, the Rams up front, like the success of the Packers has been running the ball. And the strength of the Rams right now is up, up front on their defensive line. Um, and if the, the Packers can't run the ball and they're forcing Jordan Love to throw it, it's going to be trouble. So I'm going to take the Packers or the Rams too. Ooh, okay. Um, I think the Rams get a bounce back game. I didn't. I mean, they got blown out last week. Um, Packers haven't looked good either. I just believe in the Rams' offense more than I believe in any part of the Packers. So <laughs> I believe in something in the Rams. So I'm going to take them. Uh, they get three points. I, I think that's worth it. Um, that's where I'm going to. I, I just think with Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. There's something there where you can make a couple plays. Um, that's all you need against in this matchup, I think. 
Yeah, I it no Matthew Stafford, you get a healthy dose of Brett Rippon. So uh let's hope that Matthew Stafford starts. Um mm-hmm. also I don't know if anyone else was as shocked as me that Royce Freeman was still in the NFL. Um, he's uh, the guy I was shocked. He was, I my, couldn't was believe Bronco, it. And yeah. I was just like, Oh, he's gone. I loved him I too. I don't, I don't think he's played anywhere he played, since I they yeah, had to have signed him off the street. It's crazy. Cause he played very well for us. Like there were multiple times I thought, bring him back. Like he, he yards per carry. He was a good blocker. I don't know. He's pretty solid running back. So not surprised to see him still playing, but surprised when I did see it like, Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Royce Freeman who, who can't, I, I thought he was out of league for like four years. So, Proves what, what do I know? Um, all right, we're all on the Rams. Uh, next up, Commanders at Patriots. The Patriots are three point favorites in this game. I didn't think the Pats would be favorites in any game the remainder of the season, but the Commanders, after their fire sale, Chase Young, Montez Sweat are gone. This to me is a like a do you have any pride, Commanders? Right? Your front office just stuck you with a giant middle finger. And said, we don't believe in this football team. We're three and five. We're still in the thick of it. We lost to Philly twice. The team with the best record in football and nail biter games, games where we had a lead in a game that we lost in overtime to. And you're saying you don't believe in us. You're going to take away two of our best defensive players. Though Chase Young, not one of the best, but still a good defensive player. You kidding me? I would be furious if I was in that locker room. Right. And it's ultimately going to be one of two things. They're either going to come out like gangbusters like they did against Philly and and roll this team because I actually think they can run the – this team can run the football. The Eagles made a bunch of really good adjustments in, in throughout that game. But to start off, it was quick passes, quick screens. They threw the ball 52 times in that game against Philly. But every time Brian Robinson touched the ball, that guy is just so hard to bring down. This Pats defense coming off is, – is A, banged up. Uh, it's supposed to be the strength there. But even still, like – Mac Jones is so bad offensively that I, I'm not worried about the Pats putting up a bunch of bunch of points in this game. I think the Commanders win this game with 17 points because I don't see the Patriots scoring more than 14 points in this game. I'm I'm a believer in I've and I granted they play up to the, the Eagles every time they play them, at least in the last couple of years they have. I'm I just I'm putting myself in that locker room and imagining myself in that situation. And I would be furious if I was on that team right now because of what ownership and the front office just did, I think the commanders have to win this game as a fuck you to the owners and to the front office. And honestly, probably to Ron Rivera. If the commanders lose this game, I think Ron Rivera is fired on Monday and we will talk about Josh McDaniels when we get to that game coming up in a little bit. I love the commanders this week and I'm flirting with making them one of my locks. I'm not going to, but I flirted with it, but I am going to take the commanders plus three here in a big bounce back game. And um, just to me, this is the human thing, right? It's the sense of urgency thing where you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I I would just be furious if I I know the amount of commanders fans in my life that I know that were devastated by those trades on Tuesday. Like that alone tells me like what the people believe in the core pieces of this team and you're getting draft capital. I get it. There's still plenty of talent on that defense. Jack Del Rio is going to blitz the fuck out of Mac Jones. I like the commanders plus three here. Yeah. The only, the only way that the, the Pats have a shot in this game is, uh, is like the, the commanders allowed over a hundred yards per game rushing on the ground. That's one of the strengths of the, the Patriots. It's probably the only strength of the Patriots offense because their passing game is abysmal. Um, 
And that was that number 100 yards per game on the ground uh, given up by the commanders was before they traded Montez Sweat and Chase Young. So there's going to be success on offense for the Patriots. It's going to be through the running game with Ramondre Stevenson. I think they have enough there. But I, I think you're right, Jeff. I think this is one of those emotional games where Sam Howell goes out and absolutely slings it on offense because what what that what the front office did uh, during the trade deadline uh, to a team that that has a shot, I think was uh, was rough. Uh, Patriots are two and four against the spread as home favorites when the spread is less than three uh, or three or less. The Commanders, uh, and that's since 2021, the Commanders are two and one as a road dog in that stretch. So give me the Commanders too. Man, this is this is right on the line for me, but I'm going to take the Commanders. I'm not making this a lock by any means. I think this is probably right around a, a good thing. This is one to throw in a teaser and take the team of the points commanders plus 10 and some teaser is, is what I want. Mm. That, that's that, this is going to be close. Uh, I don't think either of these teams are great, but I believe in Sam Howell more than Mac Jones. And I think you're right. I think the defense, you know, is tough. Both these defenses are pretty tough, um, but it, it is just different without some of the leaders there. Like Chase Young was such a staple and, and turn helped turn that whole franchise around and has been probably one of the main guys since he was drafted really high. So I, I bet you a lot of those players are going to be, um, in a different headspace than they usually are before a game, different huddle, right? So um, it's going to be tough for them, but I think they can at least cover th- with three. Out of curiosity, Vito, because you've been killing it with the teasers this year, where would you put those, those seven points, right? If you're going to tease the commanders to seven, where are you putting the other half there? Where are you putting those sevens? Who do you think can win by seven or more points? Or like off of whatever their spread is right, right now. Oh, oh, like what? what else would you throw it on? Yeah, because you because like the, my understanding of teasers, I don't do them yeah. a ton. But my understanding of teasers is you you would tease the commanders to plus ten, but then you'd have to move those seven points onto a favorite, right? That you think would win by ten points or seven plus whatever their spread is. No, no. What you can do is so you don't have to do that. It's just all of the games you get seven points, but all the odds are way worse. So it's like I would throw like I would do commanders plus ten, like out of the ones so far. Browns, I'd throw it on them to be minus one, right? I think they're gonna at least win that game, but the yeah. spread's big. And then I'd probably put it on dolphins. So you get dolphins plus eight and a half. <laughs> Excuse me, eight and a half. There's no way they're not scoring a garbage time touchdown to get it close with all that talent. Like, right? So that's what you can look at. But then all three of those games are instead of like it being really good odds, all three of those you're probably at like plus one fifty. So, so you're getting worse odds for sure. Um, and all three of them have to hit, but it's worth it when you're like, man, Vegas, we call it the Vegas bet. There are some games, dude, where I will bet the over and one team teased and then the under and the other team teased by seven points. So there's a 14 point window in both the over under and in the spread that you have to hit. And it's great when it hits, we call it the oh. Vegas bet. It's amazing. It's hilarious. I, I- I still don't understand teasers. Like I've looked it up. I've like, I've even tried to play them before. Like I thought it was, you tease the seven points. You tease one team up to seven, like seven on whatever their spread is. You would take the plus three and make that plus 10, but then you have to move those seven points on to like another team that, but you have to like tease another team to go with it. Right. You know, yeah, no, you can, it's not opposite. You tee all the, all the teams the same way. You add seven points to whatever you want. Yeah. But so every team that you add to it, also you pick one side or another to move the line seven points and it decreases. Okay. So I was right. I just, you're right. It's just, I just said it it wrong. Yeah. I just said it wrong. No, it's it's the same thing. So, so anyway, 
a lot of the games in a week like this, like you were talking about, where it's a lot of shitty games and a lot of big spreads, this is a week for teasers. Vegas is usually good around right now. (laughs) Well, especially you get a lot of like three-point lines, and then you're also getting a bunch of like big spreads. So you can tease teams down and teams that you think are really going to lose or you think you really believe in, you can tease them up. But then, yeah, you you lose the value of the bets because it's not like a parlay because essentially you're like, doing alternate you're doing like alternate spreads exactly you're like combining alternate spreads more or less exactly that's exactly what it is yeah okay see look at us we're educating the people if if you you didn't know bet responsibly but you know at the same time we're follow my lead we're making money this year guys we're making money out here i mean if you if you follow us if you tail our picks right now you'd be making a lot of money so our lots are killing it but they are uh except for scott uh but Scotty's still ten. But Scotty's ten games above five hundred on the whole season. So exactly, we we've been doing well. Uh, all right, next one o'clock game: Bears Saints. This is another one of those games you could tease. Right now, the Saints minus eight and a half. So, like hypothetically, if we were to take a teaser here, you bet Commanders plus ten, Saints minus one and a half, and exactly. you would take those and you would get worse odds of it. But yeah, it'd be the same thing as parlaying alternate spreads together, but you're just moving at seven points. Um, I love the Saints in this game. The Bears' defense is atrocious. I do not think Montez Sweat's going to come in and have a major impact in this game. Um, I mean, look, he could have a sack in this game at some point, but I don't think it's going to be enough to change too much. The Saints' defense is really good. Uh, and the Saints' offense has looked a little bit frisky the last couple of weeks. I feel like this is the time where, like, Derek Carr's shoulder is getting a little bit better. The deep balls still aren't necessarily there, though he hit on a couple last week. Um, but there are weapons. I think Chris Alave gets back in the mix here. Jalen Johnson quietly becoming one of the most under-talked about, the best players in, in, at his position in the NFL playing outside corner for the Bears. I still don't think that matters because between Kamara, the multiple running backs they have there, Jawan Johnson still a solid tight end. They haven't been able to really find a good way to get him involved. I think by the end of the season, they'll find ways to get him involved. Michael Thomas is giving you something, which is more than we've gotten from him in the last four years. And then Chris Olave is kind of due for a big bounce back game. I love the Saints in this game, especially if it's and it's, it's looking like it's going to be another Tyson Bajant game. Um, Saints minus eight and a half. I'm not going to make it a lock only because there is still a chance that Justin Fields plays in this game. And Justin Fields is a spread killer. He will absolutely break off a long touchdown run that will completely fuck over spread. So I'm not going to lock it in as one of my locks, but I do like the Saints minus eight and a half in this game. I'm with I'll do it. Yeah. (laughs) I'll lock it in. How about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I think I think that uh, this is a worse defense than they played last week, and they were able to move the ball, throw the deep ball, put up points big time against the Indianapolis Colts on the road. They're coming home against uh, a, a Bears team, a Bears defense that is not going to be great. Montez Sweat's not going to be super impactful. I think you're right there, Jeff. And the defense for the Saints is what's going to keep them in this, especially if it's Tyler Bajan back there because, um, I mean, this defense is good, number one. Number two, you're going to go up against a rookie quarterback and a team that can't run the ball uh, and, and a team that's asking a, a rookie quarterback to throw the ball a lot uh, to DJ Moore. So the recipe is pretty easy on defense, right? I think the eight and a half is is pretty clear. Um, it's so interesting. According to PFF, it says Justin Fields out again this week, um, but there's nothing official on that. PFF has them has him ruled out. Um but that definitely changes some things, at least in my eyes. Um, I'm I'm going to roll with you, Scotty. I'm going to take the Saints 
minus eight and a half is my second lock of the week here. Actually, uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna trust PFF. Make We're it gonna... a pod lock, baby. I'm coming. Pod in. lock. I'm oh, coming baby. in. This is the first pod lock of the year. You know I like that. Lose now, right? I like that. Oh, 100. Yeah, the pod lock. <laughs> hey, we're doing it together, boys. We're doing instead of instead of like a padlock, we have a podlock. We have the podlock. Get a little graphic of just our faces on a padlock, and we'll just call it <laughs> yeah. the podlock. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the bear, especially if it's Tyson Bajan again. I just there's no way he's moving the ball against this defense. They're struggling to run the football. Poor DJ Moore. Um, it's it's Chicago is the place where wide receivers go to die, man. It's just Allen Robinson. Uh, Chase Claypool, though he was probably already dead before that, and now we have DJ Moore. It's just not – it's not great. It's not great in Chicago. Um, Saints minus eight and a half. We're locked in. All right, the game of the week in the one o'clock zone, because each each time slot has its own game of the week. Seahawks which, at – sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, which, by the way, just a quick reminder, everybody, daylight savings this weekend. We get an extra hour of sleep. So that 9 a.m. Do. game doesn't sound so bad. That's true. I think it's 9.30 too, right? Yeah, it's yeah, 9.30. Yeah. So 10.30? So like, exactly. That's nothing. Come That's on. nothing. Enjoy enjoy your extra hour of sleep here. Um, Seahawks at Ravens. The Ravens are a six-point favorite in this game, which that line seems off to me. Um, yeah. Scotty, I think we know where Scotty's third lock of the week might be coming here. Hammer down. Um, I could not disagree with Scotty more in this game. I think this this is a perfect Seahawks game and also a perfect Ravens letdown game. All right. We saw the Ravens play really, really well against Detroit. I said in the beginning of the season, remember, I have Baltimore in our preseason. I had Baltimore as our num- as the number one seed in the AFC. I think Seattle's a really fucking good football team. You add Leonard Williams, it immediately improves your run defense, which Seattle's already been very good at this year. The offense has gotten a little stagnant over the last few games. Uh, Seattle's has, but I think this is going to be one of those weird games where Seattle finds a way to throw the deep ball. You have DK, you have Tyler Lockett, Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jig, uh, and Jigba. You have, was it Jake Bobo? Who's been good. There's four legitimate wide receivers. There's options across the board. They can run the ball with Kenneth Walker. The offensive line's been good. I know statistically the Ravens defense has been one of the best defenses in the NFL, and I'm not taking anything away from their win against um, Baltimore against Seattle, because that was a really not Seattle against Detroit, because that was a really, really impressive win, but they also haven't played any really top notch offenses yet. Right. And look, they shut out Detroit. They deserve credit for that. But it was Houston. It was Cincinnati when Cincinnati had went with a hurt Joe Burrow. So it wasn't the Cincinnati we're used to. They lost to Indy. Then it was Cleveland, bad offense. Pittsburgh, bad offense. Tennessee, bad offense. Detroit, give them credit. And then Arizona. If they do what they did to Detroit in this game against Seattle, I'm ready to be like, hey, I don't care. They've, they've proved it against multiple good offenses right now. This defense is as legit as it is. That game against Detroit was so weird and was just an absolute ass kicking from the jump and Detroit was not ready for it. Seattle's going to be ready for it. Pete Carroll's going to have them ready for it. I think this is a really, really fun, awesome game. I think it's going to be the game of the day, and especially in that one o'clock zones. I think it could end up being one of the best games that we see all day. Because of that, if you're going to give Seattle six points to cover the spread here, I love Seattle in this game. Seattle plus six is my pick. Um. <laughs> uh, wow. For the Ravens, not having an elite pass rush is actually going to help them this week. 
um, they're 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 going to be able to drop back in coverage and and force Geno to make a play, which is great if you're a Ravens fan because Geno has the fifth worst turnover worthy plays when not blitzed. He's 40th in the NFL in average depth of target when he's not blitzed at 7.1 yards. He has the seventh highest number of sacks when he's not blitzed. Um, and this week they're playing against the best coverage defense in the NFL in the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, don't blitz Gino and make him make a play because he can't and he won't. So I'm going to hammer the Ravens here at minus six. Give me minus 12, actually. Wow. Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and and I'll take the minus six. Um, this game, listen, it, it is different because I will say, and Witherspoon's back, right, for uh, yeah. Seattle. I haven't seen him play in a, in a couple of weeks. I actually need to go watch some of his tape because he's been killing He's it. incredible, yeah. Killing it. Um, I know his, his grade, like, uh, a couple of weeks ago was incredible. It still is. He's still – you know what my favorite thing about him is? And I knew this was still good, but I just looked it up. He's first for cornerbacks – in pass rush which listen baltimore condenses their formation and he's gonna blitz off the edge and make havoc wreck i love that stat for some reason like i think that's so cool when you blitz corners and they're successful right you got to get home if you're gonna do that so it gives a guy like pete carroll the opportunity to blitz corners do all that work i think the difference is lamar is that kind of passer who can torch you when you try and do that and make mistakes so um mark andrews and their connection has been killing it um, they finally have some Zay flowers. Zay flowers been killing it, man. Uh, I, I just like this offense and on their defense, to your point, they've been great. Marlon Humphreys hasn't been, but I still think that this team is good enough on the offensive line and, uh, and to make plays um, with the tight end and downfield that the Ravens are going to win. And I could see them winning by a touchdown. I'm going to take the Ravens. I am not going to make it a lock. Yeah, this is, I, I flirted with the idea of taking Seattle as a lock and yeah, to be honest, Scott, you've been wrong about Seattle every single week. So, to me, you saying that you except love the Baltimore, week that I made him a lock. <laughs> yes, there was there was one, but almost every single week you've been wrong about Seattle, which tells me I feel more confident about my Seattle pick than ever. The thing with what you were saying again, going back to the the, the you know the 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 coverage rate right about yeah. that defense and how good they are. There's only one elite wide receiver room that they've had to cover this year, and it was the game against Cincinnati. And with one-legged Joe Burrow, Cincinnati still scored 24 points in that game, right? They barely held on to win that game. This wide receiver room is really good, and they can run the football. I think this is the most complete offense, and it's also an offense that like has – not only experience, but has guys who like just get open. Like even if DK doesn't have a huge day, Tyler Lockett's going to find ways to get open, right? He always does. That's what Tyler Lockett does. And I'll ask you this question too, Scotty. And this is a fair question, I think, because I think the numbers bear out that Baltimore is a better defense than Cleveland. But based off of eye test and personnel and everything else, do you think Baltimore's defense is better than Cleveland's? Because the answer is no, not it's not. To, and you not know, you bottom, know, no. yeah, you know, it's not right. And this, since this Seattle team just went to Cleveland and won that game 24 to 20, right? So they can move the ball. I, I think Baltimore's defense is good. I think they're incredibly well coached. I think Seattle gets them this week. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on Seattle money line here, too. I think, I think you can get pretty good I think odds. That's value. There. I think it's a good value yeah. pick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Next game, we have. 
a, a game I'm really excited to see this game too. Tampa Bay at Houston. Uh, Houston yeah. coming off the loss. How about the Texans? Three-point favorites at home here against Tampa Bay. A pair of three and four teams. This is a game where you're like, if the Texans have a shot to make the playoffs, because they blew that game last week. The Texans should be four and three coming into this week. They're three and four. If the Texans are a playoff team, which I actually think that they can be a playoff team, they have to win this week or else it's like, all right, pack it in, right? Three and five, the likelihood of making the playoffs in the AFC from that point drops dramatically. You win this game against the solid Bucks defense, I think it gets you right back into contention to make the postseason. You're four and four. There's a shot for you to sneak into the wild card there. Um, I really like Houston this game, but where are you guys at on here? Vito, Tampa Bay's been your squad all year. Are you rolling with the Bucks in this game? I, dude, I, this is such a good line. Like, I think that this is right on um, because they're home. They're even at neutral site. These teams are very similar in, in their ability, it seems like. Um, now, I, I think the Bucs have struggled pretty hard recently. Um, Texans have too, but the Texans are struggling with what you'd expect them to struggle with, right? With the rookie can like, uh, you know, CJ Stroud playing quarterback is he's still doing well, but this whole entire matchup is just, uh, I think a pretty even one. And that's what makes this so damn hard. Uh, and, and I might go, I'm, I'm leaning towards the bucks because I think it's so even, um, because they get three points, right? I think when you talk about Stroud now, the, the craziest part about their offense, Nico Collins is, I think we can now say he's just one of the best receivers in the NFL right now, which is crazy. I wouldn't say he, one like, of the best, but he's like a top 10. I, I, I don't know. I don't think he's in the okay. top 10. I, I, okay. I think he's, I think he's a legitimate high caliber starter. Like I, I think it, okay. like, like let me put it number one receiver. Like, let me put it to you this way. Would you rather have him or T Higgins? Him. Would you rather have him or Devontae Smith? Probably him. Over Devontae? I think so. I mean, I love Devontae, but I think what he, he can on. create by himself <laughs> with no other options in that offense. That's what I'm impressed with, right? But like, I mean, like, like Robert Woods has been a really solid veteran guy. There. It's not that they don't have anybody. They have a, at least a consistent guy in Dalton Schultz. Like, I, I'm – I'm with you. He's been awesome. I drafted him in fantasy because I thought he was going to have a good year this year. He was going to get a ton of targets. He was going to be the true number one guy. But mm -hmm. I think some of his numbers, and it's very rare that like fantasy stuff can kind of bleed into actual NFL stuff. But very we talk true. about this Receivers, with bad. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like we talk about this with bad teams in fantasy all the time. Like if you're a bad team or a rookie quarterback who you know you're going to throw the ball a ton, you're just going to get a ton of targets. Like to me, that's some of where Nico Collins' production has come from. But he's also just been really solid. So it's like I'm. I think he's a bona fide starter. I think he's a number one on a bad team. I think he's a really, really solid, good, you know, higher than average number two. Like him or Tyler Lockett, right? I'd rather have Tyler Lockett. Him or T Higgins, I'd rather have T Higgins. Him or Devontae, I'd rather have Devontae. But if Nico Collins and Devontae switch roles, like I think he would be just as productive as maybe not just as, but I think he would be really valuable as a, as a high end number two guy. You know. And yeah, I, I guess that's the thing. I, I've been, besides Puka Nikua, which I think is fair, he's been the most surprising receiver to me this year. 100% agree. And 100%. so cool to see. And to your point, I'm such a positive guy. I feel like I'm probably just riding the high of like, this guy's fucking great. Um, Trust me, I have too. He's he's yeah. 
killed it <laughs> for me this year. I love, I'm a big Nico Collins guy. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but I think with that whole team, like they're playing well, the Bucks defense hasn't performed their best. I would say recently um, Barrett's been getting some pressure. Vita Bay is still great though. And Levante David, I still believe in, um, man, I, Guys, I, I don't know what to do here. Uh, shit. It's this a hard one, one. I didn't pick at all, and I have it like this. I think this is the right line. I'm going to tease this. I can tell you guys either way. I'm going to tease the Bucks and get plus 10. That's 100% what I'm going to bet. I'm just going to go with the Bucks anyway, um, and, and hopefully they can pull it off. But the Texans, I think, are a legit team. And uh, you know what? No, I'm going Texans. I'm going Ooh, Texans. I like it. I like Ask it. Ask me again later, and I'll switch again. I don't know. <laughs> I I I – for all of those reasons, I'm going Bucks just because they have the more experienced defense. Um, going up against a rookie quarterback, as good as CJ Stroud has played, I think this is a game where uh, the Bucks defense can roll in and sort of assert dominance early and, and give Baker Mayfield and that offense a chance um, with Godwin and Mike Evans coming back. So I, I'm, I'm there uh, on the Bucks. Um, this to me is truly a, a true, true pick them at the minus three. Um, even as a road game, I'm going to take the Bucks though. Yeah, this is a really hard one. Um, Tampa Bay's lost their last three. Um, they've lost four to their last five after coming on strong. I feel like this is kind of the Baker arc, right? Um, Baker comes in. He wins a couple games for you. They started off three and one with the game where they got beat to smithereens by the Eagles. And then now they've kind of dropped back. Is this the game, though, where Baker kind of wins one that kind of buys everybody back in? I think it is. And as much as I love Houston, I think rookie quarterback, I, I think like he hit a wall. They come out of back. Like, I think this is where the the quality of roster and talent catches up to Houston. There's still a lot of promise there, but you drop that game to Carolina. Uh, this game says, will say a lot about who Houston is this year. Um, I think no matter what they're set positively for the future. Oh yeah. But I think this game says a lot about what they can be this year. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay here. Um, originally, I wrote down Houston, but I'm going to switch it out. I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I, I, I think the experience, and I think this is just one of those games that Baker just finds a way to win. You're getting the three points. I, I'm taking Tampa Bay. Vito, do you want to switch? I'm switching. I'm back to Tampa. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, had, I had a feeling once you heard me and Scotty say Tampa that that might, that might happen. Uh, no all right. Uh, is that all the one o'clock? Yes, that's all the one yeah, o'clock games we have. All one right, more. one more. What one o'clock game do we miss? Oh no, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're going no, in the we're afternoon. good. Yeah, uh, is that right. in the afternoon? Anyway, we'll get there. Yeah, I don't know. Talk about games you won't see. There, there's one game. <laughs> there's only three games in the in the late afternoon, the four o'clock window. Two of oh. them, two of them, nobody's gonna be watching. Red Zone is just gonna be Eagles Dallas the entire time. Um, and then during commercial breaks, I'm like, oh, here's what's happening in these games. But uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap this up. We got five games left, three in the afternoon, Sunday night, and then Monday night on the other side. All right, here we got the late afternoon, Sunday night, and Monday night games left. Two clunkers uh, in the late afternoon window. 405, we have Colts at Panthers. Who's revved up for this game? Uh, Garter Minshew and the Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road here. Panthers coming off their first win of the season. little bit Frank Reich revenge game here. Uh, Frank Reich gave up play-calling duties last week, uh, and the offense looked marginally better. 
but their defense is actually where they've 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 played pretty well. The Panthers right now number eight in pass defense on the season so far. So shout out to the Panthers. Despite being a terrible football team, we're still playing really good defense. Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns, we know the guys on that defense that are are, are really, really solid players. That offense has struggled, and the Colts offensively have been really good. It's It's been the Shane Steichen thing all season. Gardner Minshew, he's been solid. Like He's, he's going to turn the ball over in this game. He's turned the ball over in every single game he's played in. This is the easiest opponent, opponent that the Colts have had so far this season. This has to be Colts. Uh, I, I'm surprised. This is one of those like kind of rat lines where like the Colts have been good offensively, even with Gardner Minshew. Why are they only a two and a half point favorite? Jonathan Taylor, 95 rushing yards in the first half last week. Uh, I hope that they gave him the ball a little bit more in the second half. I guess they're trying to protect his legs a little bit because Zach Moss has been productive. Um, but Zach Moss has also been really solid this year as a, as a runner. I love the Colts in this game. I could fall into the Vegas trap here where they know something that we don't know. The Colts have been one of the best offenses statistically in the NFL so far this season. I think they're tied for the most 30-point games so far uh, in, the, in this us. season. <laughs> um, yeah, which is crazy to say. Um, but I like this Colts team. Uh, I think they come in. I think they easily win this by a field goal, if not more than that. So I'm taking the Colts minus two and a half on the road and – I'm making it my third lock of oh. the week. It feels oh. gross to pick this as a lock. Oh, you no, degenerate. A, but it. I'm taking the Colts minus two and a half. Um, Dgens only. <laughs> this is a Dgens only pick. I'm not going to lie. This would also be a good one to tease down because the Colts, there's, I just, there's not a, there's no way the Colts lose this game. Of course I say that and they're probably going to lose, but even if they did and you could tease them down to five and a half, like, plus five and a half and you're getting five and a half points. That seems like a lock to me. I like the Colts minus two and a half lock it in my third and final lock of the week. That's incredible. You, Good did work. You, did you think I was going to lock the Eagles Cowboys game in, you know, come on. I couldn't do that. No, no, you couldn't. Somebody might though. Uh, the Colts have a better defense. Uh, they have a better run game. They're top 10 in rushing yards per game against the Carolina defense. Who's 29th in opponents rushing yards per game. They got two really solid running backs. Both of these teams give up 28 and a, or yeah, both defenses give up 28 and a half points per game. So I love the over in this at 43 and a half. Um, I, I, if you're going out and looking for picks, I'm going to take the Colts too. Interestingly though, Carolina plus two and a half. I saw earlier was at minus 121. So it is a little bit of that. What does Vegas know that like we're not comprehending two and a half to me. Seems pretty easy for for this Colts offense uh, to do, um, and in their run defense, which has been pretty decent. So, uh, I'm I'm going with uh, with Indy as well. I'm on the Colts, and I'm debating whether to make this a goddamn lock because I think the same line as Jeff. This is a no brainer. It's nice that the Panthers got a win. I don't think they're going to get two more the rest of the year. I think like we are looking at a very bad team. The Colts, even though they have a backup, again, this is one of those games where it's, this is why it's good to have a good backup quarterback. We rattled off, what, eight to eight rookie quarterbacks started this year. Some of them playing, some of them not. Having that veteran backup is huge. This game's going to prove it again. Yeah, I'm going with a lock. I'm locking it in. Fuck it. Ooh, I go. like it. DJ's only pick right here. Pat McAfee. Let's go. Colts. So Vito and I are on two of the same locks this week. Uh, if it goes south, 
this could be a this could be a turning point in our in our picks conversation. No, I'm not going to gain, but I'm not going to pick any gain any ground on you unless uh, unless Atlanta covers. But or you know, I still hey, hey three and Three and zero. We I hope we both go three and zero. Three and zero. We go three and zero. Happy days. Happy days. Uh, all right. Four twenty-five. Giants. Raiders. Now we can talk about Josh McDaniels. To be honest, I didn't want to open the show with this because, yes, it's big breaking news and everything. But like, fuck Josh McDaniels. Like, I just I don't care about that dude. I I, I want the Raiders as a franchise to be good. But ever since the move to Vegas, honestly, like. Do you know the last time the Colts or the Colt, the Raiders won a playoff game? Two thousand two. It's gonna be the it was two thousand and two. It was the year that they went Rich to the Super Gannon. Bowl. Damn. Let's go. Think about that. Rich <laughs> Gannon was the starting quarterback the last yeah. time that the Raiders won a playoff game. John Just, Gruden was their head coach. Yeah, and young <laughs> John Gruden time. was. Yeah. <laughs> the first, yeah, yeah. I think Tim Brown was playing for them at yes, the time. Tim like Brown was still there, dude. Right? Like, like this Janikowski. <laughs> it would probably rookie Janikowski. Yes. It might have even been. I'm, yeah, it's Shane Leckler might have been a rookie. I don't even know. Like, it's just, it's such a shame because those Oakland Raider fans were so good. And the new stadium's great. And ever since Al Davis died, like, it just hasn't felt the same. And this Josh McDaniels thing was such an unmitigated disaster. The Devontae Adams thing, like, I know I shit shit on him on Tuesday's pod, Wednesday's pod. I understand his frustration. I don't feel sorry for him when he chose, like, he got to pick what team he got traded to. He got to approve that. He got to have the contract that he wanted to get paid. I don't feel bad for him that he was the highest paid receiver in NFL history when he went to Las Vegas. I don't feel bad for him that he chose that organization. I'm glad he got his money. I don't feel bad for him because if you followed this team, the best coach in the Raiders or for the Raiders over the last 20 years is fucking Rich Pisaccia, who they brought in after they fired, wasn't it Jack Del Rio? Right. And then oh, it was and, right after um it was right after uh, the second stuff. No, the good yeah, it was the Gruden yeah. stuff. After Gruden, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they they brought in John Gruden, they gave him that insane contract. They got out of paying him. They have a cash poor owner. They've done a very, very bad job, I think, of ingratiating themselves within Las Vegas. Vegas is great with the Knights, and they they obviously won the Stanley Cup last year and, and that and first two run they WNBA had, titles. Right. The yep. yeah, the Aces are great. Mark the ace, the aces and the knights are bigger in Vegas right now than the fucking Raiders. And so much of that is because of the dog shit product that they've put on the field year in and year out. That fan base, and especially the Oakland fans who are still in Oakland, who are likely to, to lose the A's in the next couple of years, who have lost the Golden State Warriors because of their brand new stadium. Like I feel for those fans in that fan base. And I, you know, they they're still diehards, like they still root for the Raiders. They deserve better you know, than what they've gotten. And Josh McDaniels, I mean, if you remove the six games where he was cheating, he has not finished two full seasons as a head coach for either of the teams that he was the head coach for. Right. He got fired in his second season, both in Denver, in the middle of the second season in Denver, and now with the Raiders. Um, That being said, I love Antonio Pierce as the interim head coach here. Yeah. I really like it. And I have a... I have a feeling because they also fired their GM and their offensive coordinator. This has new coach Jeff Saturday last year winning that game, right? This is that ironically against the Raiders. 
they this has that stink all over it. And the Giants feel like they're spiraling. You're going to get Daniel Jones back, which should help you in theory. But who knows with how bad Daniel Jones has been this year. I have no idea where to go with this game. Uh, if you guys have anything else to add on Josh McDaniels, feel free to add it. But I kind of love Antonio Pierce right now. Yeah, no, and and kudos to as as all for all the bad things you said about Mark Davis. Kudos to him for in week eight, middle of the season, identifying that that was the move that needed to be made for this franchise. And I don't know if you heard the the introductory press conference, but those that that new front office and that new head coaching regime are all about buying into to Raiders culture and bringing the team back to to an, an identity that they haven't had. Uh, in years, probably since the the O two years when they're in early two thousands when they were going to to the Super Bowl under Gruden's first stint. So I love the move. I love the that it's good for football uh, as much as I dog on the Raiders because they were my crosstown rival for or cross bay rival for a number of years. I love when it's better for football when they're better and the idea that you can bring these guys in and create or bring back the identity that the uh, that the Raiders franchise has. I love. So that's why I think this is going to be a huge emotional win at home under a new regime. Um, one and a half easy uh, against a team uh, in the Giants that has no identity, has no idea what they're doing. Lost one of their best defensive uh, linemen uh, in Leonard Williams last week during the trade deadline. And and I think this is, this is going to be an emotional win for the Raiders. Man, I, I can agree with you more, Scotty. Uh, what I'm looking at for this, and just to talk about the history, because again, you didn't like the Raiders, right? Uh, they're in my division. I hate them, but <laughs> talk about football being better, man. Al Davis, what people don't realize is Al Davis was the guy who basically created the, not created, but managed the AFL to become so big that the NFL needed to merge with them. And we got the AFC and NFC. He was the commissioner of that AFL. Uh, he did so much. Uh, he did so much for the game when he moved his team to LA and then back to Oakland. And there was a lot of, there's a lawsuit. Like the history of Al Davis was there. And to your point about identity, we used to always joke around on draft night, right? Like who's the fastest 40 that was run in the combine and the Raiders are going to draft him. It yeah. doesn't matter what position. It doesn't matter where he's projected. Like they had an identity of speed, size, talent, measurables. That's what Al Davis loved. If it was a measurable advantage, he loved it. Uh, going way back to the 80s and 70s. So um, it was cool to have a team like that. Now, it's not like they were great for most of our, I'd say, adult lives by any means. But I, I really do hope that this team becomes at least relevant in some way. Now, I hope they lose twice a year to the Broncos and all that shit. And don't get me wrong, I, I don't <laughs> like them. But I respect the fact that they were one of the best teams and I think – football's heyday in the seventies. And, and we're going through almost like it's most popular era now. And that's some people think that's a heyday. I think the best football was back then, but what I love about this team and the history of the Raiders is they've always been owned by the Davises and now they're getting some other owners in there. Right. But um, I think that the coolest thing out of this specific instance was they fire McDaniels and Mark Davis said how, when they got rid of David Carr, even you back up in this off season, he, he apologized to Derek Carr and said, like, he didn't give him all that he needed around him for him to be the best quarterback he could be. And, like, owners don't apologize when they, a quarterback leaves. They're like, we wish him the best of luck, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's over. You could tell that this was a move by the GM and head coach that Mark Davis was not behind. But he yeah. let them make it. And I think now this is like him saying, hold on. Everybody slow the fuck down. This is my team. 
get out of here. We're going to be a player's uh, you know, a player's team again. That's what they've always been. I don't care what your history is or if you have like, uh, I'm just being honest. I don't care what your, your criminal record is. This is way back in the day. They do now a lot more, but like, I don't care what people think about you. I don't care if you're a weirdo and want to wear a mask to work and, or show up hungover or still drunk. We'll put you through it. And if you can handle it, you're our guy. That's always as long as you can win. Yeah. Yeah. Just win, baby. Just and like, win, baby. I, yeah. I just love these guys. I think they're going to win. I border. I thought about making this a lock because I think just as a franchise, Mark Davis diving back in and saying, you know what? This is my team. I own this. Get out of here. I don't like what you're doing. Man, I, I bet you, to, to your point, Devontae Adams, I mean, he definitely went there to play with Derek Carr. And I feel like Mark Davis even felt bad about that. And I, it's just, I, I feel bad for this whole situation. I feel like if Mark Davis would have done this in the offseason, which is tough after her first year, he'd be in a better place. It's a learning curve. You're an owner. You got a long way to go, but I'm going Raiders. I love it. I, I, I honestly did. It's really, really well set. Um, yeah, this is this is an organization with a long-standing history, right? And one of the best fan bases in all of sports, not just football, in all of sports. And they deserve a high-quality product. And Antonio Pierce, when you were saying there, Scotty, about the introductory press conference, like, I, I saw somebody tweet, and I thought it was perfect. It's like, if Mike Tomlin and Dan Campbell had a baby, it would be Antonio <laughs> Pierce. And that's exactly yeah. what he is. Like it's, and, and, look, he got in some trouble when he was the defensive coordinator for Arizona State and ultimately lost his job. But he is, at his core, a – just win baby kind of guy. He is a win at all costs kind of guy. He was a hell of a player during his days with the New York Giants. Um, this just reeks of new coach hire or, or, or uh, interim head coach win first week. Um, yeah, I love the Raiders. So we're all on the Raiders. Uh, by the way, just want to note this. You two have made every single pick exactly the same since the first two picks. <laughs> so from the one o'clock, the start of the one o'clock window all the way up to now, so far, you guys have been in lockstep making wow. every single pick. Yeah, only, only we're the first smart. two are different. That's crazy. Scotty, this is either going to be a great week or a bad week. We're going to find out. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I've also been in lockstep with you guys for a lot of picks too. Um, it's just one of those, it, it's one of those weeks where like we feel like as a unit, we're all kind of all hovering on the same page. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Could, could be a really bad, week for me if all the stuff that we all agreed on lo loses and then the ones that i went separate lose then i could be in some trouble but um i feel good right now all right the last of the late window cowboys eagles in philly philly is a three-point favorite right now at home um this is fun this is a fun game it's cowboys week uh and there was something that Sirianni said in his press conference this week that really stood out to me. And if you guys remember Sirianni's first year, right, the first Cowboys-Eagles game, he's walking around practice and all those pictures came out with the Dallas week or beat Dallas t-shirt on. And he really hammed it up. And he really made it all about, you know, all this rivalry, ingratiating himself into Philadelphia. Fans ate it up. And then the Eagles got absolutely shit pumped by the Cowboys in that game. This week in his press conference, Sirianni, when talking about it, said the exact opposite of everything else, which was, it's one game. It's no more important than any other game. We got to go out there. We need to execute. We got to figure out a way to win this game. The Eagles have been doing that all year, right? The Jets game obviously was ugly and weird. But other than that, the Eagles have found ways to win football games week in and week out. The Cowboys are banged up. 
The Eagles are a little banged up, especially with Jalen, Lane Johnson, but Jalen Carter, full participant of practice this week. All the guy, Jordan Davis, full participant in practice today. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming out on the injury front for the Eagles. No Bradley Roby, so it's going to be another week of, um, you know, Josiah Scott and, uh, uh, oh, why am I blanking on the kid? Uh, Eli Ricks, the undrafted rookie out of Alabama, who has played really well, actually, uh, for the Eagles so far this season. This is going to be an interesting game because the Cowboys, they're coming off a big win. Micah Parsons doing some of the reverse bulletin board material a couple weeks ago. So the Eagles are the best team in football, right? There's all of this stuff going out there. It's going to be an Eagles-Cowboys game. It's going to be two really good teams, two really good fronts. The line of scrimmage battle in this game is really where you're going to want to pay attention to. I know people are going to want to watch Jalen and Dak and CeeDee Lamb and A.J. Brown and all these guys. I think there's a case to be made for both teams to have big games here. I'm leaning towards Philly in this game. I think Philly as a whole is the more talented roster. I think they have more of their key players healthy, despite the fact that Jalen is a little bit banged up. And I think defensively, one of the things I've loved out of Sean Desai is that he is doing an excellent job of mixing in different coverages, right? Every single week that they've played, they have shown different coverage schemes. They've played different ways. They've adjusted different ways. They've won in different ways. And that was a huge calling card to that Eagles team last year. The Eagles also are one week away from a bye. They need this win in not only for seeding purposes, right, in the playoffs, but because of this stretch that's coming up. I think the veteran leadership, I think it's another week of Lane Johnson being healthy. I think the way that they've handled elite pass rushers in the past, whether it's the games against Aaron Donald, um, Micah Parsons has struggled in games in his career against Philly. I think this passing attack by Philly is going to be really difficult to stop for Dallas. And I think the Eagles front, especially with Tyron Smith continuing to be banged up, hasn't practiced at all this week. Jerry Jones went on the radio and said he's playing. And Mike McCarthy had to go out and walk it back like they always have to do. The Cowboys, two and two so far this season on the road. The Eagles undefeated at home. I think the Eagles win this football game. I think it's going to be a really, really fun game. I think it's going to live up to the hype, but I think the Eagles win. I think they cover the spread. I think it's going to be close, but I think Jalen finds a way. Fourth quarter touchdown, puts him over the top. I'm taking the birds minus three. I'm taking the birds as well. I think when you talk about this game, I I want to read off some player stats because we're in the point of the season where PFF player rankings actually start meaning something, right? Like we have enough data, even for guys who maybe didn't start the season. So I want to, let you guys know some of the high level guys that are going to be playing in this game. AJ Brown, he's number two wide receiver in PFF. Jordan Mailata, the number one left tackle in football. Not only left tackle, number one offensive lineman in Mm -hmm. football this year, according to PFF. And he's going to be going up against Demarcus Lawrence, the number five edge rusher and Micah Parsons, the number six defensive lineman, by the way, in the Cowboys linebacking room, Marquise bell, number one in linebackers. Didn't even know that till a couple of weeks ago when we started looking at some of this. And then the Eagles, also on their defensive side, Jalen Carter, number two in defensive interior lineman in the NFL because he finally has those snaps. Obviously, Cox is great. Reddick, Sweat, everything's still going well on this front. I do like the Bayard pick, uh, pick up in in the um, trade deadline. I think he's going to make a, a big pick, or I guess the week before, but I think he's going to make a big impact on this team. 
Now you still got CeeDee Lamb, who it seems like Prescott's finally realizing, just get him the goddamn ball and let him run. He's so good after the catch. Will the Eagles be able to tackle him? Uh, will their offense be able to actually get consistent? It's been up and down for this Eagles offense so far this year. It really you, has been. Do you know who the number two leading receiver for the Dallas Cowboys is right now? I do not. Jake Ferguson, their tight end. Jake Ferguson, Bud Light Daredevil. You remember those commercials? <laughs> Yeah, they are getting no production from Brandon Cooks or Michael Gallup, right? So if you're the Eagles, you're going bracket coverage. You're taking C.D. Lamb out of this game. You're putting Slay on him. You're giving safety help over the top. You're making sure C.D. Lamb doesn't beat you. And you say, hey, if you're going to beat us, it's going to be Tony Pollard on the ground, which they won't be able to do with the interior D-line of the Eagles. N'Kobe Dean, excellent in the run defensive game. And you're going to have to beat us with Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup. And they very well might. Um the Eagles are not going to blitz in this game. Dak Prescott, the number one quarterback over the last two seasons in uh, QB rating against the blitz. So the Eagles are going to be able to drop guys back. They're going to be able to get pressure, I think, with their front four. Um, and ultimately, if that's where I think this game is going to be won or lost, like many games in football. If they can get pressure on Dak like they have in the past without having to send the blitz, I think they're going to be able to, 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 to play well against Dak in this game. Scotty, how are you feeling? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think on defense, they mirror each other, right? Because at this level of the season, the Cowboys are going to have to bracket coverage A.J. Brown. Good luck trying to do that. And even if you are successful, you have Devontae who can go off. He had 99 yards last week on seven catches. Dallas Goddard, who's been quiet for a large part of the year. Julio Jones, who can be a weapon there. And then your speed guys on top of that. I think you can force Micah Parsons to drop into coverage, which is where he's had a lot of success this year, actually. Um, and going one on one with uh, with a slot guy, and if you're able to do that, I think you're you can unleash some of the run game. I expect this to be a huge day on the ground for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think you were a week off uh, last week. I know you said DeAndre Swift was going to go off against uh, the Commanders. I think this week is his big week. DeAndre is going to have a, a, a huge week on the ground. On top of that, I think you it, it allows you to open up some of the the. RPO action that you can do running off of man or on one by twos um, that we haven't seen a ton of this year with Jalen. Um, and I think this is, this is the week where you can open some of that up and the defense for the Eagles is going to keep all of those guys in check. I think this week Dak has a Dak game and the Eagles win by more than three, probably more than seven. And you can lock that in. Ooh, I hate Ooh. you, Scott. God damn it. You're reverse jinxing me right now. I know you are. You're a hundred percent trying no, to not. reverse jinx the Eagles. No, I'm not. I, no, I know you're not. Take. I know. Um, <laughs> look, I'll, I'll say this, right? I'll say this. The, the running game is going to be predicated on whether or not Jalen is willing to run the football and how hurt that knee is. If the knee is in good shape and he's a, he's willing to run a little bit. I think the running game opens up a lot. Right. But again, if he gets out into space and all of a sudden Mike and Parsons, something's chasing him from behind. I mean, we saw an interior defensive lineman chase him down on, on one of the three attempts that he had against Washington last week. Micah Parsons is turning that into a sack against Jalen with the banged up Nate. If the knee's feeling better, which in classic Jalen Hurts fashion, he chose not to discuss in his press conference this week. Then I think, you know, the, the run game will be there because you have to be willing to show the threat there. I think they need another big passing day out of Jalen. Um, I think it's going to be a fun game. The other big thing, too, is the Eagles cannot turn the ball over in this game. They haven't had a game without a turnover offensively, I think, since week one. 
Maybe they may, might have been the Tampa Bay. No, because Tampa Bay, there was that, that crazy interception too. Maybe the Minnesota game in week two. Um, but the Eagles have been turning the ball over a lot. If they protect the football in this game, don't make dumb mistakes, I think the Eagles win this game. I think that's really – because I think the defense is going to be able to get to Dak. Um, but they need need to, to be able to turn over the uh, – not turn over the football. And, look, Dak has lit up the Eagles. He just has. Like, I, I hate to say it, and Eagles fans always – they always tell me when I'm like, Dak's a good quarterback. And they're like, no, he's fucking not. He's terrible. He's, he's lighting us up. I'm like, no, like that's because Dak's not a bad quarterback. He's he's not. He's not great, but he's not bad. And I I think the amount of people who, who hate on Dak, uh, I think that number is getting a little out of hand. But look, it's Philly fans, right? No Philly fan would tell you Tony Romo is a good quarterback, and he was a great quarterback. So I'm excited for this game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm already kind of sweating. Like, I'm already nervous for the game, and it's Thursday. Um, but that's Cowboys week, baby. That's what it's, it's all about. All right, Sunday Night Football. I think outside of Eagles-Cowboys, the, the best game of the week, Bills at Bengals. Talk about postseason uh, impact here. Bills 5-3 and three on the road in Cincinnati, who are 4-3. and three. This is going to impact seeding one way or another. The Bills – this team is banged up, man. They're banged up across the board. I know they bring in Razul Douglas. He was on the injury report, but it was listed on the injury report as just got here, which was really funny. Um, we're expecting to see him play. We're expecting to see the Bills, you know, as a whole, at least have a couple of the pieces step up in this game. The Bengals, they need to keep this momentum, right? And it, what we've seen over the last two years and so far in this third year is that once the Bengals hit their stride, they're really fucking hard to stop. Joe Burrow looks like Joe Burrow. He looks healthy. He looks quick. He looks that that scramble play he had on the opening drive last week was one of the most impressive plays I've seen all season, where it looked like he was dead to rights and just squirted it out of there somehow, made a throw on the run for a, a big first down. I I love Joe Burrow. It's no no secret on this podcast. I love Cincinnati in this game. I think Cincinnati is the better football team. Their defense is unbelievable. Cousin Lou is the best defensive coordinator in football right now. That defense is really talented. The Bills' offensive line is banged up. That defensive line's been eating. The secondary's been really good. And, yes, the Bills won last week, and hooray, they got back on track against Tampa Bay. They put up 24 points against Tampa Bay. That's not going to cut it. When you go up against the Bills team with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, who's been quiet this year, Tyler Boyd, Joe Burrow feeling it now. I love the Bengals here. I'm taking the Bengals minus two. It was going to be, again, one of those I consider for my locks. I loved Cincinnati in this game. Give me the Bengals. Wow, man. I don't know. I, I'm going Bills, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. I still believe in Josh Allen. I like the bounce back game. Um like bounce back in terms of offensive performance uh, last week, they finally, I think, um, how do I put this? They've been together for so many seasons, the ups and downs. He knows he can get Stefan Diggs going. If he can do that, they're most likely going to win. That's what the statistics say. I think he's going to continue to do that against this Bengals secondary that can be exposed. I think he'll win one-on-ones. And I think that's what he needs to do. I think it needs to go to a classic game. They've been running the ball better as a overall team this year. Now the Bengals have been doing decent, but still, I think the the Bills are going to take this one away. It's just too low of a spread, um, and I think the Bills still are an overall better roster. And uh, I think that the Bills defense um, is going to be the difference maker. But if this comes down to a, a shootout, at the, or even if it's close, not even a shootout, I hope it's close at the end. 
I mean, I'm going to go ahead and shoot my shot and say, watch out for the tie. Watch out for the tie. I think both quarterbacks are too good for this to end up yeah. in a tie. Somebody's <laughs> somebody's winning it in overtime, even if it no, goes no, into that's OT. What I mean. No, no. Uh, sorry, I should say go to OT. Is what I mean. OT. That sorry, should be a I bet. Is that a tie. bet that you can? It bet is a bet. You can to go to overtime. It is, and it's usually great odds. Well, Barstool I, doesn't have a book anymore. Yeah, they do for yeah, another couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, I got I got some email saying that my account got closed because the app closed. So. Oh no, I still go on the app. Yeah, me too. It's well, called, it's weird though. It's like call different casinos near your area. Like mine now says Hollywood Casino Columbus because I'm in, yeah. I'm in Cleveland. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. well, it's because Penn National sold them, so it's still the book, but it's not Barstool. It's gonna anymore. be ESPN. Yeah. yeah. Um, Scotty, how about you? Where are you leaning? The Bills are too banged up. Uh, if this game were in Week 14, um, and they're healthy, I might say Bills. Um, I, I give them the edge the way that they're playing. Um, but I think that there's there's too many question marks on defense. The way Joe Burrow looked last week against a, a really good 49ers defense, um, it, it, that that was the moment where, and I think it was even on that first play, that scramble play where um, I was kind of like, well, this is going to be a long day for us. Um, and, and I think he's able to do that because once you add the mobility factor in uh, to to the arm, uh, the arm talent, the receivers, and the weapons he's got around him. Uh, yet another tight end where he can just plug and play. Irv Smith had a big game, so look out for him too. Um, I, I think that that the it's going to be hard to beat the Spangles team, especially at home, especially in prime time, um, the way that they, they are starting to hit their stride. I'm with you, Jeff. I'm going to take the Bengals too. I will say in this game, prop bet, I love Dal- um, Dalton Kincaid to score a touchdown. They're finally using the guy. All right. I, I, whatever his prop bets are over however many, that's probably like 40. I think it's like 40 something and a half receiving yards. Um, uh, it's like easy money right now. <laughs> Get like, in I on just, the ground floor. I, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like he scored the touchdown last week. He started to open up a little bit. He's getting a lot of targets. He's officially kind of replaced Dawson Knox. And we talked about it a lot on the pod earlier this week, but ingratiating Dalton Kincaid into this offense. And now that he's kind of caught up the speed, I think we're going to see why he was a first round draft pick. Um, so, just a little prop bet for you. One note. Um, pretty cool. Uh, Damar Hamlin, super excited to go back to Cincinnati. Super thrilled to go down the field. Oh, yeah. I didn't Can't even think wait about that. to get back. He is. It's all positives. And yeah. just love the mindset. Love all that. Um, we all know the, how sport the Bengals fans were. So I'm sure there's going to be kind of the conclusion to this whole story arc where he's going to go back into standing ovation. Going to be a good moment in football. So uh, make sure you're just tuning in early. Uh, watch Sunday night. Um, yeah. Whatever, I mean, and you know, America, yeah, you stuff. know, they're going to hammer the hell out of that story too on the broadcast and on yeah. Football night in America. They're going to, they're going to be all over that. No question. Good, mm-hmm. good call there. Beto. Good call. All right. Last game of the week, Monday night football chargers at jets. The chargers are a three and a half point favorite in this game. The Jets coming off of their heroic, gross, overtime, weirdest Big Ten West football game I've ever seen. Um, I love the Chargers in this game, and it's mainly for one reason. It's that the Jets are now down three out of their five starting offensive linemen, and their fourth four out of their five are banged up. Three aren't playing. One of them will be. Uh, Makai Becton apparently getting switched over to right tackle um, in the middle of the season. 
He's played both sides. You know, he's kind of been the one bright spot of that offensive line now that Elijah Vera Tucker went down. I just think, look, we've seen Khalil Mack go off on an, in, a, in a big-time game when he had six sacks in a game earlier this season. Joey Bosa's there. Derwin James. There's plenty of talent across the board on that Chargers team. Primetime game. The Chargers are a better football team. And, and more importantly, the Jets have done an amazing job, right, and, and – They've been this scrappy team that's going to drag you down into the mud and make you play their style of football. That can only last for so long. Like at some point, like we were talking about this with, I forget what other game it was, but just at some point talent outweighs other talent, right? Like we were saying with the Art Davis or the Al Davis stuff, like at some point, the more talented team just is better. And the Chargers are the more talented team. I know they've been disappointing this year. If the Jets can turn this game into an ugly mess of a football game, I wouldn't be surprised because it's what they've done all year. I think that's just a really difficult thing to maintain throughout an entire season. We saw them have the letdown game against the uh, the, the Patriots earlier this year. I like the Chargers here, minus three and a half. Monday night football, I think Justin Herbert's due for a big 350 yards and a couple of scores type of a game. I'm taking the Chargers minus three and a half. I don't see the game breaking the same way. Um, <laughs> and the reason I say that is I just love this Jets defense. I, I think that's where I'm at. I'm in love with them more than any other unit that's going to be out there on the field. Chargers offense, I do believe in. But I think against this Jets team, it's going to be very tight. I think we saw something, just something out of Zach Wilson last week that was enough to make me believe that, like, okay, maybe they can just help him run. Maybe hurry up once in a while. Maybe do something to change it up. Uh, I don't know. I just think that clearly there was at least something, and I like his attitude a lot more, obviously, in the last four weeks than we've ever liked his attitude since being a pro. I think I can speak for us saying that. Like, he's finally looking like a pro, or at least yeah. talking like it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's enough when your defense is that good and the spread is three and a half. That's where I get, you know, a little bit shaky because I think even if they lose, they could lose by three. Um, they've lost a couple games by two and one or whatever. I I, I think I'm going to take the, the Jets to cover the points. I would not be surprised if the Chargers won. Amen, brother. It's the hook for me. Um, I think that if it was at three, I'd be singing a different song, but it's the hook for me. Plus, there's only two home dogs this week. I picked uh, against them in, in, in the Colts game. I can't I can't pick both. The numbers don't bear it out. One of these home dogs is going to hit. It's going to be the Jets. All right. Uh, I believe out of how many games we have this week? 11, 12, 1, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 games this week. You guys are in line for 11 of them. So, again, uh, you guys. Big you guys, week, Scotty. Big week, Scotty. Big week. Uh, which will be fun. It's all coming together now. It's going to be fun. It's either going to be a, a celebratory week for me on Tuesday's pod, or uh, I'm going to be hurting a little bit, but I feel good. Pod, I feel good about my picks. Podlock on the Saints. That's that's the first time. So we got to we gotta let's, see how that one bears. Let's fucking hope. I've shit on the Saints so much already this year that, you of have, course, yeah. they're going to end up losing that game, and I'm going to be yeah. like, you got it. I'm just like, going to be here on We're going to blame you. Tuesday's There's going to be a backdoor. Like, yeah. You know, if Jameis was starting. We would yeah. have a fucking problem out here. <laughs> Jameis almost got traded to Minnesota. Dude, I know. I would have actually loved amazing. to see that. Yeah, yeah so would I. So would I. Jameis Jefferson? and Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, come on. 
He would just sling that thing. We saw him with Mike Evans. We've seen what it's looked like. 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. That's Free Jameis. Free Jameis. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all we got on the po- – oh, do we want to pick Alabama LSU? That's really the best mm-hmm. college football game of the week, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then I think that Washington USC. There's a couple good ones. I think those are the two main ones this. I weekend. got one pick in Washington USC, and it's the over. That's yeah. that's that's the only thing I'm paying attention <laughs> to for that game. I'm not picking USC. That team is no. no. I think uh, we're Kansas, probably all Kansas Washington, but it's interesting because they could they could do it. They have a talented enough quarterback that they could pull an upset. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Kansas Defense. State and Texas should. Kansas State and Texas is going to be an awesome game if you're looking for something to do Saturday at noon. Um, Missouri and Georgia. How about the Mizzou Tigers all the way up to number 12 in the country? But of course, we don't pay attention to that. Um, also, potentially the last don't, Bedlam don't game that we see, oh. at least for a while, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Uh, this game is in Stillwater. It should be a fun game. Um, but obviously, the headliner here, Alabama and LSU. If LSU wins, I believe, then they would be in the driver's seat to make it to the SEC championship game. Bama's a three-point favorite there. I like LSU as a three-point dog, um, but I have a feeling Bama's going to win this game and just continue this this rise. that They, that just, they just always do it. We always, You think they're dead, and then they're not, because that's what Alabama does. Um, and then, yeah, USC and uh, Washington will also be a really fun game. What do you guys think? LSU plus three in Tuscaloosa. What time is that game? Is that a night game? Uh, 7.45 p.m. Ooh. Weird start time on CBS. Tough place to play. It is. At 7.45 in Tiger Stadium. Tuscaloosa, though. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think it's in It's, in it's at Valley, LSU, right? man. Yeah. No, it's not. It's in Tuscaloosa. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, because oh, they beat because they Bama beat, by a hundred. Yeah, they beat it Bama. Is. They beat Bama in Death Valley last year because of Jaden Daniels wins. He'd be the first quarterback to beat Nick Saban in back to back years since Drew Brees when he was at Purdue wow. and Nick Saban wow. was at Michigan State. Jeez. Yeah. I, so so I, here's where I'm landing on this game. I think that. Nick Saban is a much better coach than Brian Kelly. I hate Brian Kelly. I would love to root against Brian Kelly. I bet against him in most of the games I watch. I cannot wait to watch Nick Saban prove why he's such a better coach and not screaming. And, and he'll scream and yell about the game. Brian Kelly, I just don't like as a coach, his sideline mannerisms, all of that. I'm not a fan of, of him. Yeah, he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. I, I'm not a fan. So I'm not a good Bama. guy out of purely nothing to do with football more of, I love to root you. There's a couple people. I'm, I'm not a very negative person, but there's a few people I don't like in this world. And I love rooting against them or betting against them. And one of them is Brian Kelly. I like it. I like it. Uh, by the way, the over under for USC, Washington, yeah. Vito, you want to take a stab Vito? Oh, uh, I haven't seen it. I'm going to say 66 and a half. Add 10. No way. I'm hammering it. 76 and a half. (laughs) You are not a fan of this podcast if you don't hammer the over in that game. Michael Bennett, Caleb Williams, life's too short to bet the under at 76 and a half. I've never (laughs) seen an over under that high. I love it. it. I love it. I hope both teams have fun and score a million points. 76 
and a half. Washington, a three-point favorite on the road at the Coliseum. Uh, I love it. I love <laughs> They're it. only getting three in the over-under 76. <laughs> and they're a top-10 team? Are you kidding it's, me? <laughs> it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. I oh, cannot wait. This is a cocktail of the highest order watch it be like, like watch it be like that jets giants game it's going to be like 14 to 10 <laughs> just going to be turnovers and like punts, fumbles. 23 points yeah 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 i have a feeling we won't see more punts than points in that game um scott are you taking bama yeah roll tie all right i'm taking lsu i'm taking lsu i don't believe in bama's offense yet this year Jaden daniels has been the best quarterback in the country not named Michael Penix, and arguably, statistically, he's actually been better. So um, I like LSU. I'm rooting for chaos, and this, to me, adds the most chaos because if you have a two-loss LSU team who could somehow maybe find their way in the SEC championship game, wins out, beats Georgia, beats Bama, be hard to leave them out, especially after Oklahoma lost to Kansas this past week. I can't wait for college football playoff debates. Cannot wait. We might have to add – a third pod that's just like 30 to 45 minutes where we can just debate college football playoff rankings because I haven't gotten to do that in a while and I'm so excited for that season to be back. So thank you all for listening. That's the pod. Best of luck to the boys and myself. Our bets are in. We're locked, ready to go. Great weekend of football ahead of us. Cherish your wild tears. College football near to the end. And we will talk to you guys on Tuesday. As always, Take it easy, everybody.